Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Suspense. Tonight's Autolite brings you a story of a man who tries to save a girl's life. A story we call The Rescue, starring Mr. James Stewart. Senator, what's legislating? Well, Wilcox, I'm sponsoring a bill that would make it mandatory to have spark plugs checked every four to 5,000 miles by auto light spark plug dealers. Well, that's a great idea, Senator, because old worn-out spark plugs frequently cause cars to lose their pep and power, be slow and jerky in traffic, and not up to par on the hills. That's just it, Harlow, and I'm mentioning auto light spark plug dealers because... Well, I know, I know, Senator, because only auto light spark plug dealers have the exclusive auto light plug check indicator to quickly show you the condition of your spark plugs and whether they're right for your style of driving. And they have all the tools and equipment, too, to offer the best spark plug service that money can buy. You're right, Harlow. Well, of course I am, Senator, because when replacements are needed, only Autolite spark plug dealers can offer you ignition-engineered Autolite standard or resistor-type spark plugs for smoother performance, quick starts, and gas saving. You've won the day, Harlow. So, friends, see your neighborhood Autolite spark plug dealer this week. Have him check your spark plugs. And remember, you're always right with Autolite. And now, with the rescue and the performance of Mr. James Stewart, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in... Suspense! Mr. Atherton's office. I'm sorry, he's out at the moment. May I take a message? A routine office lie. You protect yourself that way from the world outside. My private office is soundproof, violence-proof. I've removed from the world of the monk's cell, and that's the way I wanted it. Mine was a respectable public relations job for a national committee with headquarters in the Wardman, one of the oldest and most respectable hotels in the capital. It was a March day of sudden warmth, the kind of pre-spring day you got in Washington. The air conditioning wasn't on yet, the window was open. The window was open. And it was through that window that the world of violence suddenly came to me. In a way I shall never forget. I was dictating to my secretary. Shall I read that last sentence, Mr. Atherton? Yes, Helen, please do. Your recent contribution couldn't have arrived at a more timely moment nor in a more timely amount. In fact... In fact, it may make the difference... Good heavens, what's that? Oh, what is it, Helen? Girl, girl, she's on the ledge outside the window. What? They're trying to get her back into her room. Don't grab at her. She'll jump. Oh, Mr. Atherton, how horrible. She's going to jump. Karen, what are you doing out there? Uh, don't just stand there. Now go back to your room. You, if you jump, it won't be a pretty death, you know. You'll go right through that glass marquee down there. Oh, Mr. Atherton, I, I feel sick. Go on now. Now go back to your room. Come on, now. They'll help you. No, they won't. They'll kill me. It was the first thing she said. And as she said it, she looked straight at me with large, desperate eyes. She was a beautiful girl. I noticed that. And it seemed to make what she was about to do all the more terrible. The other windows of the hotel were open. People leaned out of them, watching. Just behind her and the room catty corner to mine was a nurse and a husky-looking man in a white intern's jacket. 
They were tense, silent. They're trying to take me away from here. And then they're killing me. No, now. Now, now get hold of yourself. Now, oh, it's just a nurse and an intern. the doctor suddenly climbed out on the windowsill and reached towards her, as she'd asked me to do. With my warning, she'd moved a few feet along the ledge, away from her window. And that was my responsibility. That involved me. You'll phone Dr. Brown. You will? You will? Shall I get him for you, Miss Atherton? Well, wouldn't it be quicker to just phone downstairs? I'm sure that'll know. Everything we can. Uh, pardon me. This is Mr. Atherton. I want to find out about, about the girl on the fourth floor, like everyone else in the hotel. We're terribly sorry, Mr. Atherton. Uh, the ambulance is waiting at the side entrance, and if you'll just bear with us, I'm sure everything will be... No, I'm, I'm not making a complaint. I just want to find out who she is, who the doctor is. Oh, oh, of course, of course, Mr. Atherton. Why, she's just a government girl. Her name is Hillary Sellers, and uh, she and her mother came here last fall. Her mother? Where's her mother now? Well, uh, it's not coincidence, Mr. Atherton, but... Uh, she committed suicide several weeks ago. Oh, not here in the hotel, you understand. And I can assure you today is the first time... Never mind that. Tell me, who's in there with the girl now? Why, that's her doctor and a nurse and... Uh... And is his name Dr. Brune? Is that Dr. Brune? Yes, yes, that's right, Dr. Brune. Are you sure it's he? Oh, certainly. You see, he came to take her to a hospital and he promised there'd be no trouble. And then this had to happen, but I assure you... <laughs> I sat there for a moment, angered by the brutal indifference of the clerk and... And I stood up and I went to the window. She was still there on the ledge, waiting, quiet and motionless. Did you... did you find him? Uh, Hillary, now listen to me. Now, Dr. Brune is a psychiatrist, isn't he? Yes. And your mother committed suicide, didn't she? Yes. Yes, but... But, but now you must face the facts. Now, you're sick. And the doctor is just trying to help you so that what happened to your mother won't happen to you. No. No, Dr. Bruce said it wouldn't. I'm not sick. Oh, but you're proving you're sick by standing out there and risking your life. Now, now go back to your window. They'll help you. She just stared at me for a moment. And then she moved. Slowly, she inched her way backwards until she reached the window. The nurse and the intern helped her inside. The window was closed behind her, the curtain drawn. In a moment, people began to leave their windows. I left mine, and that was that. Except that it wasn't. I tried to take up the day's business again. Failed. That, that face. 
That voice, the tragedy of Hillary Sellers, kept intruding like a bad conscience. And finally, I gave it all up. I dismissed Helen for the rest of the day, and I went down to the lobby for a pack of cigarettes. And then I found myself heading down the hall, irresistibly drawn to the side entrance. At the side entrance stood the ambulance. No one was about, and after a moment, I hurried back into the hall. And there, as I passed the elevator, I saw what was now the last thing in the world I wanted to see. The doors opened. I stepped back out of the way at the right end of the hall. I wanted to turn my back, but I didn't. We always cast a sidelong glance of horror. And so I stood there. And I watched the motionless figure on the stretcher covered by a sheet. They'd given her some sort of drug. The intern carried one end, Dr. Boone the other. The ambulance was loaded with its quiet cargo, and it left. And the thing was over. It was done. But then, I played the fool. I did something I knew better than to do, but I had to. I just, I had to do it. I, I found a phone booth in the lobby and a phone booth. Boone. Kimball. K-I-2-8-9-1. Dr. Brune's office. Is... Is Dr. Brune in... Who's calling, please? Is Dr. Brune in... Why, who is it, please? This is Atherton. Lee. Lee Atherton. Yes, Dr. Brune is in, Mr. Atherton, but he's with a patient at the moment. He's there. He can't be. I beg your pardon. He is and has been for half an hour. Autolite is bringing you Mr. James Stewart in The Rescue. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Wilcox, what's the name of that committee against old worn-out spark plugs? Why, Senator, that's not a committee. That's the exclusive Autolite plug check indicator. A special device to quickly show you the condition of your spark plugs and whether they're right for your style of driving. It's used by Autolite spark plug dealers, along with their other tools and equipment, to give you the best spark plug service that money can buy. Can I count on that, Will Cobb? You sure can, Senator. And that's not all. Because your Autolite spark plug dealer will replace old worn-out spark plugs with ignition-engineered Autolite. Standard or resistor-type spark plugs to give you smoother performance, quick starts, and gas savings. These are the spark plugs you know that are designed by the same engineers who design complete ignition systems for many leading makes of our finest cars. I'll cast my vote for you, Harlow. So, friends, take a tip from me and see your neighborhood Autolite spark plug dealer soon. Ask him to check your spark plugs with the exclusive Autolite plug check indicator. And remember, you're always right with Autolite. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Mr. James Stewart in Elliot Lewis's transcribed production of The Rescue, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. 
listen to me. This is terribly important. I want to know if you're absolutely certain that Dr. Brune is in his office. Did you actually see him when he came in? Of course he's here. I was in the consulting room with him when the phone rang just now. May I ask why? Well, better. I've got to talk to him now. Get in. Well, all right. Hold on. Hello? Dr. Brune? Yes, Dr. Brune. Uh, this is Lee Atherton, Doctor. You don't know me. But I've got to find out if Hillary Sellers is a patient of yours. Do you know her? What's happened to her? Where is she? I don't know, but a man impersonating you just drove her away from the Wardman Hotel in an ambulance. Yes, call the district police. Get General Roger on the phone. Dr. Brune. I'll I... explain very quickly, Mr. Atherton. Hillary Sellers came to see me yesterday for the first time. Told me Kirk Rayton was treating her mother. Now, Rayton is an unlicensed quack. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doctor. I thought her mother committed suicide. Supposedly, she jumped in the window in Raiden's office. But she didn't? I think she was thrown. You mean Raiden murdered her? Yes, and I informed the police of it this morning. But how do you know? Henry told me Raiden was treating her mother for a heart condition with some sort of electrical apparatus. Yes? I checked the apparatus with the police this morning. It would be dangerous even to a person with a normal heart. Oh, I see. But why is Raiden after Hillary? Because he thinks she knows what he's done and he's got to get rid of her. He got out of his office this morning just before the police arrived. But I'm sure she doesn't know about this. No, she believed it was suicide. And she's never even met Raiden. I see. Here's your call, Doctor. Oh, all right. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Atherton. Goodbye, Doctor. And then I called the police, too. Gave them all the information I had. Found out there was nothing to do but wait. Later, as I walked through the lobby, I passed a woman seated in a chair that faced the elevator. She was utterly nondescript, wearing dark clothes and black hat. But after I entered the elevator, I gave her a second look through the glass. There was something about that face. This whole dreadful business was discoloring everything. Helen had left the door open for me, and I walked through the anteroom into my office. I went over to the desk and sat down, lit a cigarette. Hello. Mr. Atherton? Yeah. Lieutenant Rogers, District Police. I thought you'd like to know that the ambulance has been located, abandoned on the side street in Georgetown. I'll let you know when we catch him. I'm going down there myself. Good. Fine. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Rogers. Goodbye. And then, again, I did something I didn't want to do, but I had to. There was that woman in the lobby. I had to take another look at that woman in the lobby. I took the elevator down and got out. She was still there, seated in her chair. She was talking to a man who stood beside her. His back was to me. As I walked by, I looked at her very carefully, and suddenly I recognized her. It was the nurse, out of uniform. I looked at the man. Yeah, Raiden. And in that instant, I understood everything. Somehow, they had lost Hillary in the hotel, carried the nurse out on the stretcher, and laid a false trail to Georgetown with the ambulance. And now they returned to find her, kill her while they still had the chance. For them, the safest spot in Washington was the hotel. For Hillary, it was a death trap. I went quickly into a phone booth and started to call the police. And then I saw Raiden suddenly jerk his head upward toward the mezzanine above the lobby. He said something to the woman and quickly started toward the stairs. I left the phone booth and followed him. I knew he'd seen only one thing, Hillary. I darted up the stairs just in time to see him enter the door at the end of the mezzanine. 
Come on in. I'm Jack Clark. What's your name? Oh, never mind. Look, uh, where's the man go? Came in just now. What's that? Man, what man? Well, uh, just a few seconds ago. You must have seen him. And just before that, there was a girl. Oh, a girl. Well, listen, friend. Girls spell trouble. Nothing but trouble. Forget it. I can't have a drink and forget it. No, no, I don't want a drink. Just tell me, where did he go? I'll find your drink, friend. Now, you wait right here. Drunken fools staggered off through the crowd, and I looked around very carefully. The room was jammed almost entirely with men there, standing around in groups, drinking, all talking at once. I couldn't see Raiden anywhere, nor Hillary. But I noticed an exit across the room, and I started to make my way toward it. <laughs> Here's your drink. You thought I'd Yeah, huh? Well, I'm Jack Clark, see? Oh, yeah, yeah, take it. Oh, no, no, thank you very much, but I can't. I've got to go. Oh, oh, you can't go yet. The party's just started. I know, I know, but... Oh! I... So you won't drink with me, huh? Too good for me, huh? Don't start that. Now, look, you wait right here. I'll be back in a moment. I broke away from him and pushed my way toward the exit across the room. I was wasting precious time. Ray might have caught up to Hillary already. I got out and closed the door behind me. I was in a little recess off the mezzanine. Just across from me was another door. Well, the only thing I had to do was try it. Inside, I discovered about 20 women and a sprinkling of small boys seated in neat little rows facing the opposite end of the room. On the platform stood an extremely tall, emaciated young man with straight yellow hair, his head thrown back, eyes closed. The audience was listening to him intently. I looked around. I didn't see Raiden. A woman seated near the door alone. I tiptoed over to her. Excuse me, excuse me, madam, but the answer, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but this is a matter of life and death. I must know if you saw a man come in here a few minutes ago. Really? Please, please, I must know. Oh, Ralphie, you must know. I certainly did, and I'm going to complain to the management about all you people bursting in here. Where is he? Where'd he go? He walked right down the aisle and out through the door behind Mr. Pierce. And don't you dare do the same thing. Mr. Pierce, I didn't wait to hear any more. I went down the aisle. Around the platform to the door at the rear of it. Apparently, Mr. Quilliam was unaware of my presence. I went out quickly, breathing a sigh of relief. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.